Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, welcome back. That time of the week we catch up with Mick Guerin. Mick, and I have no idea what the answer to this will be. The first one, you're always well, but where are you, mate? How are you and where are you? I, I, hey, Davey. Uh, um... Where am I? I'm in Auckland. <laughs> I'm in Auckland today. My, my brain's in about five different places. As I'm sitting talking to you, I'm doing the form for Leeton and Dubbo tomorrow in New South what? Wales. I do. That. What? I, I, I always do that on a Thursday afternoon. It's one of the things I do because I have a, a radio show Friday morning in Sydney, um, giving out selections for that. So I, 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 I actually spend quite a bit of time on the form in Australia. Um, oh. And I'm also about to do Gloucester Park for tomorrow night because they have uh, their big four-year-old race. And, of course, part of me would love to be uh, in Queensland for the Inter-Dominions, which reaches its final, which has sort of sort of snuck up on us a little bit. And I'm looking forward to it. But also I'll, I'll be at Alexandra Park tomorrow night because they have a Group 1 race. And last night I spent plenty of time thinking about the Hunter Cup and the Great Southern Star <laughs> with the news coming out that Akuta's going to be heading there and, maybe Oscar Bonavina and Don't Stop Dreaming. So, yes, lots of different race tracks in my mind at the moment going in two different directions and about five different states, if you count New Zealand as another state. Race six, number one, Leeton, Mr. Bondi will lead and win. You can put that one uh, in the yeah, bank. Yeah, he'll be... Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's actually got... I've got him down as bed of the day, so he'll yeah. be too good for them. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. again, very short. He'll be the multi-maker for them. Um, actually, they've got a really good meeting at Dubbo tomorrow. It's a, it's a beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds weird. They've got a Stayers Cup there, and I'm not sure how you say this word. I think it's Red Ocha or Red Ocha. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's good race that race. So um, yeah, it's going on. Of course, I'll, I'll be sticking around for Gloucester Park, the Golden Nugget tomorrow night, and and of course I'm looking forward to the Inter Dominions. Although I haven't spent that much mental energy on the Inter Dominions this week because once the barrier draws came out, rather than going and looking for miracles, I thought we'll just believe we'll win and. One of the two favourites won the pacing race, and it may well be absolutely determined inside the first 400. Now, I sort of thought that on Monday and haven't really had a great reason to think much else. Which, which one, though? <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah, well, to fame. Um, I still think Leap to Fame is a better horse, but I think obviously the advantage of the inside is enormous. We saw that the Blacks are fake. We saw that New Zealand Cup. And the horse who leads when they're of comparable ability tends to win these races. So mm. I've just got a, I've got a gut feeling Leap to Fame will win, but I mean, people don't really want to punt on my gut feelings, but I just have. I just think, for some reason, I think Leap to Fame will win. Um, and I think it's probably a 60-40 one way, him or the other, Swayze. Um, I don't know. I think Turn Me Up has a, has a role to play here. I'd be interesting to see what that is. So, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a weird one because I sort of want Leap to Fame to win because we've been telling people all year what a good horse he is and he can't keep getting beaten in big races if we're going to tell people that. But my absolute raw punter inside me always loves to back horses on the marker pegs and mm. I think Cam Hart's a Hall of Famer and you go, oh, well, in that case, they should win. So I don't have a definitive opinion too much and I think a lot of people are the same. They think one of the two will win 
and that could really change inside the first 400. I know what I would do. If I was Grant Dixon, I would pull up the hopples on Leap to Fame, warming up nice crack. and sturdy, yeah, yeah. and have a crack because I've been saying all week. I, I, I reckon he's half a chance of getting across him, and I'm what not sure I'm right, but it, yeah. He's had a far better preparation for this than Swayze is because Swayze's been to New Zealand and back and had a bloody hard race. Again, if Swayze won by four lengths, that also wouldn't surprise me. Grant's got to win the race. And win the race, that's how he does it. Comes off the gate at electrifying pace, gets to the pegs ahead of Swayze, and that's how he wins the race, if you ask me. I can't see how he wins it otherwise. Well, but sort of saying, well, unless someone attacks Swayze and he's sitting in the 1 1, which, which, and we've been saying that a little bit. All season, it just hasn't happened. He's sat parked mm. in the Blacks of Fake. He's mm. sat parked in the Eureka. He's sat parked in the Victoria Cup. Um, yeah, and it's it's very very similar to the Lazarus situation. You know, without that blazing gate speed, you have to be good enough to sit parked, and he isn't yet. Whereas Lazarus was, and that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, he was a star. Lazarus is amazing, really, when you compare it. Uh, last Sunday, just quickly, some very interesting results in the sense we walk by faith wins. Uh, going, don't stop dreaming goes down, but he's on his way here. And uh, as I've said to you, I think before Dennis Dunford told me on this show that the Chariots of Fire is the one race he'd love to win. So it was no shock to us to see he's coming to Australia at that time of the year. And no doubt the Chariots of Fire will be on his agenda. Yeah, he'll, he'll try and qualify via Melbourne, via the Bonanza, um, and Merlin will go straight to Sydney for the Chariots of Fire. So I don't think it was an imposing three-year-old crop in Australia this year. I mean, there's some very good horses here, of course, but it's not a scary crop. So, yeah, I, I think it's game on for Sydney and very clearly yeah. having a cooter there for Ballarat uh, and for the Hunter Cups Massive because it just adds a whole new dimension. I'm not sure, I'm not sure Leap to Fame will turn up in those races. I, I think Leap to Fame might miss... Melbourne. I don't know that, but I wouldn't be surprised. So it's going to be really interesting to see who turns up. Um, but yeah, I, I think Akuda adds another dimension. And I'll tell you what would add another dimension, whether he can win or not, I don't know, is Oscar Bonavina coming for the Great Southern Star. Because I think Just Believes become so good, I just can't back Queen Elida to beat him anymore. And Queen Elida's owned by a mate of mine. I would love to see it win. But I also love Just Believe. As a punter, I think just believes too good for them. Now he'll probably be too good for, for Oscar Bonavita too, and he might be too good for Muscle Mountain. I don't know, but I think those horses turning up to the Great Southern Star and being in different heats would make the final far more interesting. So it'll be interesting regardless. But yeah, you put a Cooter, Oscar Bonavita, Muscle Mountain on the same card as all those horses we're going to see Saturday night and add the good Victorians, the Acknows of the world of those sort of horses. You can make a case it's going to be the best race meeting of the year, Hunter Country. It's a, it's a very easy case to make, I think, in regards to open-class trotters and open-class paces. February the 3rd could be the best race meeting of 2024. What about Sonny's sister? Because could we be talking about Sonny's sister as a Hall of Famer in five or six years? She's not badly bred. Yeah, she, she, a lot like a brother, Sunday yeah. Summers, the horse who won the derby last week. Look, it's a long way to go, but she seems relatively, you know, she's on a big, bulky, awkward horse. She hits the ground very squarely. Um, there's lots of reasons I think she'll go on to be a very, very good horse. We haven't had a lot of great trotting beers in the last 20 years, probably since La Cucaracha. 
we had a run of really great trotting mares where we had like Pride of Petite and yeah. those sort of horses. But the last 15, 20 years, it's been Lyle mm. Creek and Take a Moment and uh, Sundown's Gift and obviously Keystone Dow and I Can Do's It and Mon Bay and, you know, now obviously Just Believe. So Queen of Light is a very good horse. But but we haven't had a really dominant trotting mare for a long time after having quite a few years where they were dominant. So having a good horse, I'm not saying she'll be it, but having a good horse come up to that grade would be really interesting. Um, and Queen Elida, of course, um, you know, it, it obviously has a chance in the Inter Dominion final, and she'll be wishing that Just Believers stayed in Sweden. Yeah, there was a lot through the nineties and two thousands. Scotch Notch stands out a fair bit, then Pride of Petite, but yeah, and and La Cucaracha and uh, something about Mary. Or Tussle. T- Tussle won the Inter Dominion final, something about Mari. There were some really great mares. And I actually did a study on it. I was part of a, a worldwide case study on why mares in trotting were far more competitive than mares in pacing at the highest level, ironically, mm-hmm. since that study was done. Two of the reasons they thought was that mares often, for reasons going back a very long way, can feel threatened. Um, part of that sexual, uh, from having hopples on their back legs. Anybody who's around mares and knows a lot, a lot of them don't like being touched around their back legs or don't like being touched around that part of their body quite as much as, say, a gelding. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things in the study, it was worldwide, it was hundreds of people were involved in it, getting their opinions. And one was the fact that they thought the mares didn't enjoy the hopples on their back legs, which obviously trotters don't have. But the most other one, the obvious one that geneticists came up with was because you have a smaller pool of horses, it's a lot easier to be a good mare. Like New Zealand only has 600 trotting broodmares, and that was when the study was done. It might be down to 500 or 400 now. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to excel in that marketplace than it is in a marketplace where there's four fighters and a 5,000 because obviously there's, there's more better horses floating around. So, yeah, it was a really interesting study to be part of, and ironically, we haven't had that many great trotting mares since. What we have had, and this is a little bit of a movement towards the galloping world, we've had a lot of good young trotters come up and not go on with the job, but retire very early and turn over like the gallopers do, like in that two, three, four time slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that's been good. Like, you know, you have horses like Highgate retire and then leave high energy and that sort of stuff. So we've actually had a really quick modernisation of the breed of the mares, whereas a lot of the best pacing fillies, very few of them, apart from the gene feast ones, retire early. A lot of them stay and work four and five and six. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's something that fascinates me. It probably doesn't interest the punters at all, but it fascinates me the whole way that works out. But yeah, that evolutionary thing about the some of the mares not liking being touched from behind and therefore resenting the hopples actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it because anybody who's been around a horse, yeah, yeah, even yeah. something as simple as putting the back cover on, when you put the back uh, the cover on the horse, you, you loop the back um, attachments through the horse's legs and most geldings couldn't care less. But a lot of mares don't like it. Yeah, so it's yeah, interesting. It's an interesting point about, you know, maybe they're used to some of these stallions, shall we say, trying to have their way with them, Toby. Uh, Mick, there's a three-inch scar just above my knee that concurs with what you have just said, let me tell you. 
<laughs> yep, they can, they can, they can. But yes, a female racehorse in spring can be a funny old cow, but we still love them. Yep, and uh, Coracle was her name. Uh, Colin Bain bred her down in the south. So thanks, Colin, yeah, well, for, for that. Funny enough, <laughs> on, the, on the day Kingston Rule, on the day Kingston Rule won the Melbourne Cup and beat Kingston Town, did he beat Kingston Town? It was something yeah. like that. I, I, me and my mum, she had some an old nag galloper she had out, and it was the first and only time in my life I've been front-footed. And we were out, we went, we watched the race, we went out and gave it a pick on the grass and something, and someone started up a lawnmower, it leaked up and it front-footed me. And if anybody's ever been front-footed by a horse, it's a very bizarre experience. You're like, what the hell happened there? And yeah, got me front-footed, cracked open my nose, first time I was about eight, I broke my nose. So there you go, first time, front-footed, Melbourne Cup Day. The day when uh, Gooners Lane, it was Gooners Lane, I think it was, a big Kingston town. Long story short, I got a broken nose out of it. And uh, a few people, no, I won't go down that track, Mick. Thank you very much, mate. <laughs> hey, plenty of wish the horse would be a bit of aim. <laughs> I wasn't going to say. <laughs> Good on you, Mick. On I'll you, catch mate. up with you next week. There's Mick Gurren uh, and some people got a new favourite horse. Now, now, come on now. That's not nice. That's not nice.